This is a Bandit Radio production. Information uh, on ESPN, and uh, I think it's imperative that I straighten it out. Um, I, uh, I'm the head coach at LSU. I will be the head coach at LSU. I have no interest in talking to anybody else. I got a championship game to play, and I'm excited about the opportunity of my damn strong football team to play in it. And it's really all I'd like to say. It was unfortunate that I had to address my team um, with this information this morning. Uh, but that being done, I think we'll be ready to play. There'll be no questions from me. I represent me in this issue. Please ask me after. I'm busy. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You're listening to One Team, One Podcast, your unfiltered source for LSU sports. This episode is brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group and Bandit Radio Productions. This week we discuss Ryan Paraloo and what could have been. Okay, guys, welcome back to One Team, One Podcast, episode 15. 15, one five. One five. Miles Brennan episode right here yep. coming at you, MB15. Strong arm. Strong, above average arm. Above average. At least above average. That's right. Uh, today, guys, we have a very special episode um, we've been talking about this for a little while now, and we are going to do an LSU rewind on LSU versus Tennessee 2007 SEC championship game. And we are doing this rewind for a few different reasons, obviously the game, but we also have a couple of topics that we want to talk about based on this game. What we want to do first is give a big, big shout out to our sponsor, Courtesy Automotive Group in Lafayette. Brandon Lejeune over at Courtesy. He just actually put another Facebook post on today and I shared it. Uh, go check him out. He's got some big time deals going on for some GMC Sierras right now. Give him a shout out. I will post all of his information on our Facebook page. Go like his page and go check out. Anytime he puts a deal on, you need to, you need to act quickly. Um, but what I've been telling everybody is uh, go get you a brand new GMC with a low interest rate. Uh, that's what he's going to give you right now. And he's going to give you a low payment. You may be able to like trade in something and get a better payment on a newer vehicle. So go check out Brandon. Uh, go give him a like on his page and give him a shout out and tell him that the podcast sent you. Uh, with that, we are going to jump right in to our LSU Rewind. And it's coming at you right now. On this LSU Rewind, we take a look back at the 2007 SEC Championship game between number five LSU and number 14 Tennessee. Back formation, Perlou under center and hands the ball off to Hester. Hester straight ahead, up across the 30, 35, and he pulls tacklers with him up to the 37-yard line. Well, you said pulls tacklers with him, Jim. He ran over one of them, didn't pull him with him. I mean, laid a shot on him. Second down and nine, actually, they say now. Play action fake, Perlou rolling and throwing. It is caught, and this is Zingler, I believe, running over people down the far sidelines and finally out of bounds in Tennessee territory all the way down to the 28-yard line. Perlou under center, hands it to Hester, and Hester breaks it to the outside. 25-20-15, he's out of bounds at the 13-yard line on the near side of the field. There's a snap, short drop. He's in deep trouble, rolls to the near side, throws it deep. LaFell is down there, and he has got it, and he's down at the 20-yard line. Great job by Perlou to scramble out of trouble. He saw LaFell and hit him. He's down at the 21. Perlou. There's the snap. Here comes the rush. Perlou throws, and it is caught. Touchdown, Bears! There you go. 27-yard touchdown pass right on the money. Threading the needle there. Third down and five. And there's the snap. Here comes the Tiger rush. Here's the pass. It is intercepted. Sinan. Touchdown. My, my, my. What LSU needed. And, I mean, right at the right time. Left and one right. Foster the running back. Play action fake. Ainge looks and throws. Intercepted. Picked off by Gary Beckwith at the six-yard line. 
That's his first of the year. Perilou under center. Tosses it out to Hester, and Hester's got some running room. 30, 35, 40. He's up to the 42-yard line. First down, LSU. And that's the snap and the deep. We have to snap it one more time. They're not even going to snap it one more time. Philip Fulmer has conceded. He's walking out. Okay, guys. LSU versus Tennessee 2007 SEC Championship game. Again, uh, there's a... I'm going to use a big word, a myriad of reasons why we were going to myriad. talk what about What is the that. definition of that word? I don't know. I don't know. It sounds what, right. What compelled you to say that word? I don't know. I think it's just, you know when you want to like say things that like make you sound smarter than yeah. you really are? That's one of those, myriad. Okay. I keep it in my, my vocabulary bank. I, um, I, I say those words often and just hope no one notices. Yeah. And like, because I just don't know what they actually mean. Well, I'm not going to answer that I, for you. I just hope people are like, damn, he's a smart guy. That's what I'm going for here. Um, so a few different reasons why we wanted to use this. That's kind of what that myriad means. Um, a few different reasons why we wanted to talk about this. Um, Paralu is the big reason. So big time game for the 2007 season. Um, you know what? Another thing that struck me is we've done uh, a few different as, as LSU rewinds now this year. Um, we've now done three so LSU Tennessee, Tennessee game. games. I was just thinking that. What is the deal with LSU Tennessee games? I, I don't know. It's fireworks every time. I mean, and we could do the. I mean, we lost the game, but the one the season before 2006. No, 2005. That was 2005. Um, yeah, but we beat uh, we beat them in 2005. The, the no, the Monday night game that we lost. Oh, Monday night. That's right. 2006. 2006. We went to Tennessee. Jamarcus Russell. We won that big, game with the game last winning drive. Right. Se- second thing. Right, um, right. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't talk. And we all these games are. Crazy. We also haven't we'll talked about do the that 2006 game. We haven't point. talked about the 2001 SEC championship game either. Oh yeah, no, we haven't even. <laughs> I know. There's every a few single, other ones. every single game. LSU Tennessee is a, a big time game. And then you um, have 2017. I mean, it wasn't a great game, but uh, it was a hurricane going on. Right. In the middle of the game, which was that's right. Ed Ogeron in the rain, in the pouring rain. Right. Like a beast. Yeah. <laughs> like Hercules. So all right, so LSU 2007. Um, to me, they were. They were the best team in the country. I understand they had two losses, um, but this game it felt like they were sleepwalking a little bit in this in the first half. Uh, Matt Flynn's hurt. Yeah, I mean it felt like they didn't have their quarterback. Yeah, they didn't. Um, Ryan Perilou. This was kind of like okay, the, this was the test for Ryan Perilou. Even though he played in another game earlier that year, they sat who, out. Who did he play against? I don't remember. Me neither. I'd have to look it up, but I don't yeah. remember. But he had a he had a really good game that game too. Okay. Um, that year they they opened up the offense. It was Gary Croton. Right. They they were doing a lot of things that you didn't see later on. You um, know, I've I've always felt like that offense that year in '07. Uh, I, I don't feel like they were doing very much different from what they were doing in like 2006. Mm-hmm. But I just think uh, Matt Flynn, like they trusted him so much. Yeah. Like with his ability to read defenses and all that like I think they just trusted him to run the offense fully right um, I, I, I don't think they had that same trust with Jamarcus but obviously Jamarcus had all the physical tools to, uh, I think that was a little Jimbo Fisher too so I think if Gary Croton because uh, Jimbo Fisher left after 2006 right so I feel like if Jamarcus Russell was there with Gary Croton it would have been a different a different situation I think it would have been better yeah, I think he, Gary Croton was more wide open than Jimbo Fisher was. Okay. Um, but, um, of course, what we did, we started this episode with the famous press conference before the Tennessee game. To me, when I think of this game, I think of that press conference. Um, yeah. You know, Kurt Herbstreit coming out saying that um, it was a done deal that Les Miles is going to Michigan. I think that probably was true until he said it on TV, and then I think Les Miles backed off of it is what I really think happened. I I think that it was a real thing, um, and it got out there too early, and Les Miles didn't like that. Somebody leaked something, um, right. and Cause it, it didn't make, the deal. It didn't make a lot of sense for him to not go to Michigan. Right. I've always thought. I mean, he's a – And I think Michigan was all over him. He's a Michigan guy. Uh, it's probably a good thing he didn't go to Michigan. For his career, 
Now, I don't know if he does Absolutely. that great at Michigan. Michigan. He doesn't get doesn't, the talent that he, he gets now. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. get to follow up Nick Saban's recruiting at Michigan. Right. Uh, he'd have to build that program himself. Uh, and I don't know if that goes very well. No, I don't think so either. Um, I think he fell into a golden situation here at LSU and rode it as best he could. Yeah, um, I mean, he did a pretty good job. I mean, there's I think not it a was lot just, of people uh, that can yeah. just ride so, another coach's coattails for – yeah, you know, 10, 15, 10, 12 years. I think I mean, Les Miles was terrible. good at running a staple program. Yeah, um, and I, you know what, I think about guys like Paralu and guys like Teran Matthew, and I personally feel like Les Miles handled all those situations perfectly. Um, I would have loved to have Teran Matthew on our team in twenty twelve. Ah, uh, yeah, would have loved it, but. For the guy's career and the guy's life, he made the perfect decision of letting him off that team. Right. Um, Paralu, he could have easily said, I, I need a quarterback. Um, I can't start Andrew Hatch in 2008. Like, I need Ryan Paralu, and we did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we just had the, the Jacques Doucet interview with Ryan Paralu, uh, which got us thinking about this this topic even more um that's what ryan perilu needed to to get his life in order yeah uh, he needed a a big time correction in his lifestyle um and there's been tons of stories of ryan perilu at lsu and he um, went to after he got suspended or kicked off the team from lsu uh he went to jacksonville, jacksonville state jacksonville state uh um, i think he was he got he, in a little trouble at jacksonville state did he and um, got suspended for a few a few years. I mean, a few games. Um, didn't get drafted, uh, but then he ended up signing contracts, and it was like off and on contracts with like the Giants mostly. Yeah, it was the Giants. Right? And it was like that. he was practice squad, and then maybe a third string. And he never caught on. Right. Um, I remember I got really excited one time because he had a really good uh, preseason game for the Giants. Mm-hmm. And it never amounted to anything. I think he ended up making the practice squad, but yeah, I'd love to good. see who those who the quarterback room was there. Because right. I mean, it's obviously Eli. Right. Uh, it's just a battle for Eli's backup at that point. Right. Um, and was he mature enough at that point to 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 be an NFL quarterback? I don't right. know. But he probably needed all those things to happen. And I'm all, I'm a big guy. I'm a big believer in like you know you need things to happen in line for your longevity of your life you know so Terran Matthews is just the perfect example yeah, of, oh yeah. of that and like he he's the first one to say you know Les Miles is the guy like right yeah i mean he, without him doing what he did where would Terran Matthew be right now and you know? it's so cool that Tyron Matthew just like is so appreciative of all of it yes. because and he like you know he gives millions to LSU like almost every year i mean what did he didn't he like? Did he build the LSU, the new LSU facility? I th- football facility. I think he did. Like it was I, just I, him. Well, the, I don't know if it was just him, but yeah, he, the donations that he's given back to the no, school. But like, I'm talking about he built the whole thing by hand, right? No, he did not no? build the whole no. thing by hand. Why they name the Honey that? Badger did not do that? Uh, well, he gave a I, lot. He I gave heard. enough money to call it that. That's yes. what I heard. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Probably who tiger droppings. I don't know who your sources are, but mine are tiger <laughs> droppings. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, parts of this game, I wanted to put in a few clips of this game. The first clip that we played on that game was uh, Jacob Hester completely running over a guy uh, at the beginning of the game, and I think it was the first drive that we had on offense. And the reason why I did that is because that year, I just remember it in my head. Uh, the beginning of like every game happening with a Jacob Hester run up the middle and he completely runs over the middle linebacker yeah. or a safety. <laughs> Just a tone setter. Right. Yeah. Um, and it happened every, it happened every game. And it was, and you, you know, you couldn't hear the oohs and ahs, I think from the clip, but um, I think Jim Hawthorne, and this is a famous Jim Hawthorne thing. He said, and he's brought down, um, <laughs> you know, 15-yard gain, he's brought down, and Doug Morrow goes, uh, he wasn't just brought down, Jim. Uh, he ran over a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so I wanted to put that in there, but then, you know, I think Perlou had a um, not great first half of that game. 
No, I don't think so. And it was a seven to six game at halftime. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of an ugly game. But in the second half, Paralou showed you who he was um, and made some killer throws, and we put a few of those in there. Um, but I think a lot of people remember the press conference and they remember Paralou starting, but they really remember the Jonathan Zenon. Um, yeah, the pick six. Pick six. Right. And that was the game sealer, basically. Right. Um, yeah, that game was a weird game for a lot of reasons, not just it's the just, press conference, but it was kind of an uglier game. I feel like whenever I Arian think of Foster the, is your running back for Tennessee. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, Jeez. I do remember that. Eric Ainge is the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he had this, he had all, he had a ton of hype around him, didn't he? Ainge. Uh, yeah. Coming out. Yeah. Um, um, I think it was the 2005 game. He actually played in that game. Um, did he? Yeah. It was after Rita, Hurricane Rita. Right. And, um, we were killing them in the first half. And there was a play, and I forget the middle linebacker who did this. It was an LSU guy he blitzed up the middle, and they had the ball at like the one their own one yard line. And Eric Ainge is like a freshman, I think, at the time, and he's dropped back, and he's he's all the way at the back of the end zone, and um, I think he tries to run or something out of the end zone, and our middle linebacker crushes him, and he runs into the goalpost, like <laughs> hits him into the goalpost. I'll never forget it. I think it was a safety on the play, if I remember right, or something happened but um I, that's kind of what i remember about eric Ainge is that he was put into a situation that he should not have been in yeah um but yeah he makes a a good career of himself but um they had chances to win that game right they also had uh while we're talking about tennessee players uh they also had true freshman eric berry eric berry is on that team freaking animal yeah they had a lot of talent um i don't yeah, think they were yeah that was a phil fulmer team right and that was towards the end of Fulmer's career, I think. Right. I don't know when he ended up retiring. It's uh, like 2009. It's got to be shortly after this. Right. Yeah, because Derek Dooley came in. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it had to be at least before 2010. Yeah, this might have been his last year. Maybe so. I'd have to look that up. But, um, th- yeah, the the offense they were running was still a little antiquated, I would say. Yeah, they were doing a lot of eye formation stuff, yeah. uh, play action. I mean, just kind of like old school uh, 90s football. It's it's kind of hard for me to watch these old games because like I don't it's hard for me to judge the offenses like they just they weren't doing the same things at that point that they are now so it's hard to kind of gauge oh, from now you mean right oh, exactly for sure like I you, mean obviously it's like but was I, I will Tennessee, say was Tennessee like still using like old school football or was that like pretty standard for that I mean time? it was two wide receivers tight end and a fullback I mean it's like do you see a fullback very often anymore? No. I know. And you will and you know what the thing was? The big thing back then was like if you had an H-back like in the in the, right. in the 2000s, it was like, ooh, an H-back. <laughs> you know, now, now it's like, I mean, we have a tight end split out wide. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird the way things have progressed, but some people think that football is going to come back to this again, like power formations and stuff. Right, you kind of see that happening with like um, one of the more innovative coaches is uh, the guy for Kansas State. Uh, oh yeah, the North, North Dakota, Dakota State, State guy. guy. Yeah, right. yeah, I can never remember his name, but uh, the they run like a heavy run attack, and it's pretty. It's like power football, but it's like it's like not the power football that you would maybe think of with like Wisconsin or something right. like that. Like they're doing like really complex run game stuff. I don't, I it's, never, kinda, it's sort of like what you see with, um, with the 49ers with, uh, Shanahan yeah. over there. Uh, I've never s- understood why you couldn't have a little of both with an offense. Like maybe not like pro style, but like you are wide open and then you have a formation where you can come in and like be power, like the um, Saints do. I don't know. Do they though? I don't think they're yeah. really like power though, huh? Uh, maybe not power. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't because really LSU really know what I'm took, talking about here. LSU kind of took an L, a, a Saints offense. I mean, right? I'm sure they have some plays that are short yardage, but right. you don't and really LSU see them LSU didn't doing run. That. I don't know if it doesn't seem like LSU ran a lot of power. Um, I don't necessarily know. Yeah, well, stats I'm on that, but schematically or whatever. But uh, I, uh, you know, here's a here's an example. Uh, Evangel back in the day when right. they had like Josh Booty and like okay. uh, Brock Berlin, all these stud quarterbacks, they would run like wide open. 
I mean, you you would have the quarterback like he's back in the like a punter. Like that's yeah. how far back he was. Why you telling me about this? And they would like deep snap to the quarterback every play. <laughs> Um, and you had like four or five wides and they're just running as far as they can, as fast as they can. And you had a quarterback that had a cannon that could just throw it wherever he wanted. But I do remember, um, I remember they came to, and I think there was still like two a, and they came to like play Christian life at Olympia one year. And I, and then I, they jumped up to five a and they played like Catholic one year. What they would do is when they needed to go short yardage, they would come in the short yardage and they would run like a um, inverted wishbone. You had two fullbacks and you had a running back and you had the quarterback under center. And what they would do is turn around and they would do a fake handoff to like two running backs and give it to one of the guys. And you never knew who they were doing it to. <laughs> but it was like completely wide open and then they would come back in. Uh-huh. And be tight formation. It's a lot like, um, it's a lot like Coach Doug's. Yeah, a little like, like Doug's. Air Doug's. He'll, huh? he'll just, I mean, he's airing it out all game. He's running <laughs> shark wheels for days. Yeah. And then just all of a sudden, he comes out in a goal line on third and four or something like that. Just like straight goal line, three tight ends, full back. I, I always think about if I was going to coach high school football and I was the offensive coordinator, what kind of offense would I run? That's what it would be. First of all, I'd have to have a quarterback that could throw the ball. Um, if you don't have that, then you're going to have to figure something out. You're going to have to have a quarterback that can throw. you got to teach your wide receivers how to catch. That was the difference in Evangel and other teams back then. But then I would do other things. Like, you you know, just being wide open is, being, is great, but, like, you need times where you can be – uh, and that was one of the things that I loved about this LSU offense that year was that they did have some – I mean, they had crazy wide receivers. You always did there. But you had quarterbacks who could get them the ball, you know, deep and do different formations. But you also had some option in there. Um, yeah. You had yeah. great backs. I mean, you had – Yeah, it was very balanced. And you had a Jacob Hester who could do anything. Right. So you could you run had, him at – Yeah, and you had that full stable of backs with uh, – I mean – Keelan Williams flashed, I mean, tons of potential that year. Oh, my God. Charles Scott was awesome. He was uh, a freshman. Charles Scott was a freshman that year. Was Charles Scott a freshman? Yep. No, Charles Scott would have been a sophomore because his senior year was Oh, like you're right. Nine. You're right. Uh, you had Richard Murphy, uh, who everyone was, like, so excited about his athleticism and all that. Right. Uh, I mean, who else did you have? You had uh, – you had Trenton Holiday as like a little yeah like I, the, fun. That was what I didn't have. like about Garrett Croton was with Trenton Holiday. When Trenton Holiday came on the field, you knew Trenton right, Holiday was going to get the ball. Yeah, and they never used him in another situation to kind of like play off of that at all. Um, we also didn't really get to see uh, Ryan Paralu throw the ball a whole lot whenever he came in the game. Right. Uh, for that's for Matt something Flynn. that always frustrates me is like. With that, with Ryan Perilou, it's kind of like uh, like how Georgia, when they had Justin Fields, when he came yeah. in the game, they it was were, just a run threat. They were just going to run it, yeah, or like run read option or something like that. It's like, what the hell are you doing? This is Why the number one quarterback in the country, right? Or Ryan Perilou. I mean, not the number one quarterback in the country, I don't think, but I mean, he was a oh, really yeah, good quarterback. Was he the number one? Oh <laughs> yeah. my god! Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> super talented guy with a hell of an arm. Yeah. I mean, you know. Like, when Saints put Taysom Hill in, he might throw. Yeah, exactly. There's the threat of it. I, I, I could always – I always wanted to see Paralu run an option, like with Keelan Williams out to the right, and then all of a sudden he just drops back and he throws a bomb, and the right. guy's probably wide open. Yeah, um, exactly. And they never did anything like that. Or just, like, when Tebow would come in in 2006 when they still had Chris Leak. He would still throw. He would throw this ball sometimes. That's right. I mean, that's when the jump pass started. I just don't think they were ready yet to be that wide open, and Gary Croton was just kind of out the box. Uh, I couldn't believe he was there, actually. I mean, you had somebody like Jimbo Fisher where you could stay really conservative still, and then Gary Croton and then Cam Cameron. <laughs> it's like, man, that was a, w a weird yeah. situation. And Gary Croton was only there for a year. Was he only there for a year? No. no, he was there in 08. Yeah, he was there in 08. Because I remember a lot of people were, like, frustrated that we kept throwing the ball so much when Jared Lee had all these, like, 18 interceptions or whatever, which, I mean, that actually, that could get us into our – I think that's our we, next topic here. To talk about. What we really wanted to talk about with this game is 
if Ryan Paraloo would have stayed in school, not gotten into trouble, of course, um, and remained at LSU, where would LSU be now? And what would have happened in 2008 and 2009 specifically? You, you think about all the people that that would, that would benefit. I mean, obviously, Les Miles, obviously, Ryan Paraloo. Well, that was uh, my big thing was, okay, 2008, and we looked at the schedules and we looked at the games. Uh, we both agree that we're probably not beating Florida at Florida that year. No. But we also agreed that that year we probably beat uh, Alabama. Right. That game went to overtime and Jarrett Lee, Lee threw, I don't know picks. how many picks. Um, the the game ended on Jarrett Lee interception. The Georgia game was a game. We lost 52-38. to 38. Two pick sixes. Was there two or was there one? There was one. I know pick, one remember. There was I one remember pick one. six. I thought the other one was pick six too. I know he threw two picks. I thought they were both for uh, touchdowns. I, I I think if Ryan Paraloo is in that game, we win that game. I, I would agree. Uh, and we had a good offense still in 2008. It was just you had a quarterback that right. was just, just not ready. Right, the ball yet. up too much. I mean, he threw seven inter- pick sixes and right. 18 picks. Right. Uh, yeah, you throw in a what that would be a junior Ryan Paralu. Right. And I think we talked about Ole Miss. We got killed by Ole Miss that year, but at that point of the season, I think we were starting to have uh Jordan Jefferson come into the game more. Um and it was just Wait, which game you said? Ole Miss. Yeah, was that the game in 2008? Yep. I don't even remember. We lost that. 31 to 13. Yeah, I remember that. Um uh, I think I, Jeremiah I've Jeremiah Masoli was the quarterback. No, it was um would have been Sneed, I think. Jevin Sneed. Yeah. Okay. That I think makes so. that sounds right. I think he was the quarterback that year and the quarterback in '09 when with the crazy game. Okay. Um, that would have the, probably know, been a tough one to to kind of look at, but we were both thinking that okay, you could come out of there with one loss and get to an SEC championship game against Florida. Um, yeah, it's definitely possible. I, I think the Ole Miss game. Uh, I mean, you look at it and you say, oh, okay, Ole Miss beat us by you know, 18 points or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way that just one player is going to make that different. But I think we had zero momentum coming into that yeah, game. Yeah, I think I mean, it's we about confidence. What, we were, what, 7-3 and three going into the game? I mean, we started the season with Andrew Hatch at quarterback. Right. I mean, we were completely decimated after Andrew the – Andrew Hatch is probably a guy who would have loved to have Ryan Perilou stay on the team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just for the – I don't think – in, in terms of his brain. Yeah, Andrew Hatch <laughs> just got annihilated against Auburn. Annihilated. I don't understand how he ended up winning the job. I don't over either. Jared Lee. I don't understand how he won it over Jarrett Lee or Jordan Jefferson. How how do you start a season? Jordan with Jefferson. Andrew Hatch? I remember. I remember a lot of that year. You and Billy would get into arguments over whether or not LSU should play Jordan Jefferson, and you were saying, "Why the hell aren't we playing Jordan Jefferson?" And Billy was like, "Why the hell are why, we?" Why the hell aren't we? Is what you were saying, right? And Billy was like, "Well, why not just redshirt him at this point? We're already seven and four, or whatever." Uh, I, I well, and here's where I was coming from: was that you're throwing this kid, this poor kid, Jarrett Lee. Ugh. You're just you're throwing him to the wolves. Right. We probably would have been better off that year. Or you're Jared killing Lee would have this been guy's confidence. Off I mean, if we would have just like straight up like how we were playing in 2014 when Anthony Jennings would throw the ball nine yeah, so, times a game. And let's get to the ramifications of Ryan Paraloo being booted off the team. Uh, Andrew Hatch probably can't read or write anymore. Um, <laughs> Jarrett Lee's confidence that freshman year was completely shot until his senior year. Yeah, and even then it was still And even then fragile. he was still – you know, the Alabama game in, two, in 2011, perfect example. Right. Uh, all yeah, of I mean, a sudden, he just, starts getting pressure on him. It brought back all those demons, you know? And well, then, it feels and then he like it. It may, it may not have happened, but, like, it feels like it. Yeah. And it, it's like you started seeing him, you know, throwing off his back foot and stuff, and you're like, yeah. ew. Yeah. Um, I, I still – I can never freaking understand how no one taught him how to throw the freaking football. To I, not I like just throw off your back foot all the time. I think he was just not ready, and I don't think they had a. But great, he was even doing it his senior year. I don't think they had great quarterback coaching well, yeah, at all. That's that's so my, that's and, what I'm getting at. And here here's the other thing is all right after the 2008 season, uh, that's when Les Miles put the handcuffs on the entire team, uh, on the entire offense, and 
didn't let any kind of progression happen until Mettenberger came in. Um, he didn't have any trust in his quarterbacks, and for good reason. I mean, he, basically, we picked sixth our way out of any kind yeah. of contention with anything that year. Yeah. Um, and his thoughts are: I have a I have a great defense, and I have good special teams, and I have a good running game. Um, so I'm going to stick to those things, and we're going to see where we're at. Right. Um, yeah, I think that 08 year just made Les Miles so uncomfortable. And a big problem with having Jarrett Lee as your quarterback when all that's going on is that there's not even, like, a run game that you can go to with Jarrett Lee because he's, like, probably the least mobile quarterback LSU has had. Yeah, the there's no option game. And I know years. that's one of Les Miles' things was the option game. So, right. well, that gets us back to – if Ryan Paraloo is the quarterback in 2008, exactly. that option game, it would be great. Him and Charles Scott, Keelan Williams was still on the team, I think, in Keelan 08, Williams right? was still on the team. Um, I think him and Charles Scott were both juniors. And then I think Trent, Trenton Holiday was also a junior. Trenton Holiday was on the 08 team? Yeah. yeah. Trenton Holiday graduated. I think all three of them graduated in 09. Um. I remember the defense that year in 2008. You still had Mingo, and you still had... um, Mingo? I don't think you had Mingo. You didn't have Mingo? Uh -uh. You had Montgomery. Sam Montgomery. Mm -mm. You didn't have Montgomery? They were the same grade. They were the same grade. They were the same year. Um, Who'd you have on that defense? You had... uh, I want to say you had Derry Beckwith. Uh, Chad Jones, I think, was a freshman. No, he was a freshman in 07. Oh, yeah. So he was a sophomore. Uh, Who else did you have? Uh, true freshman Patrick Peterson. Peterson, yeah. Tyson Jackson was a top. I think he went third overall in that draft. Yeah, so I guess like defensively, um, they probably were a little young. Yeah, in a um, lot of spots. Yeah. But again, if they're able to put up points and not turn the ball over, like what kind of confidence level does that do for your team in 2008? Um, and I think that's where Paralu would have came in for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, and throwing 18 picks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're just not throwing your defense just cut any that, bones. Cut that down to 10. Right, yeah. Where yeah, are yeah. we at? It's and, like it's like what Jameis said. You remember when Jameis said uh, before he got released by the Bucks, he was like, I mean, I got these 30 picks. If I get this down to 10. <laughs> no, no, no. He said, he said, if I get rid of all these interceptions, I'm going to be the best quarterback in the league. And I was like, absolutely. Absolutely you will. <laughs> Can't can't argue with it there. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's thirty five touchdowns, five thousand yards. I'm I'm with you. <laughs> um, all right, so two thousand nine, um, Paralu would be a, a senior. Yeah. Um, unless he went pro, which I don't think he would have. Nah, I don't think we're gonna see that. Um, so a senior quarterback, Ryan Paralu, uh, you'd have a sophomore Jarrett Lee and a sophomore Jordan Jefferson behind you. That quarterback room would have been pretty solid. Yeah. Um, you would have had a, a Jarrett Lee, a sophomore Jarrett Lee with uh, probably a better confidence level um, than you had. Yeah, well, definitely. It couldn't kid. be any worse. I mean, probably a little – his therapy bills would be a little lighter, definitely. Uh, I'm sure. But 2009, I remember as a year where all of a sudden the handcuffs came on. I think you kind of saw in 2009 Les Miles kind of find his comfort zone mm-hmm. with a running quarterback who can just kind of be a game manager, but every once in a while can find something with his feet to make a big play. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also had his comfort zone. About it. He also had his comfort zone with Cam Cameron, uh, right. where he and could kind of talk to him. The had, introduction they, of the toss dive happened in 2009. Yeah, for sure. I with Stephen Ridley. That, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and Zach Mettenberger was kind of the exception, not the rule. Uh, same goes with Jarrett Lee. And that's why at the end of the year, even though Jarrett Lee had this great start to the season, uh, Jordan Jefferson ends up beating him out, I mean, for whatever reason. And uh, In 2009 we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And then you see after Zach Mettenberger left, which wasn't a Les Miles recruit. I mean, he was a Juco guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, after him, you see... Anthony Jennings, Brandon Harris. And that's just kind right. of where Les Miles' Yeah, Zach Met- was at. Mettenberger was an outlier is what you're saying. Yeah, so you exactly. Had, you had uh, Jordan Ze- Jefferson, which was his guy, and then Anthony Jennings, which was his guy. 
And I mean, even even uh, Matt Flynn uh, was a good runner. Yeah, for sure. I that's that's not talked about very often, but Matt Flynn was a better runner than like Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I I'd always heard stories when Jamarcus Russell was the quarterback that. Matt Flynn knew the offense better than right. Jamarcus yeah, Russell did, which that's I didn't That's kind of what doubt. I was getting at earlier, was that like the offense just ran so much more seamlessly when Matt Flynn took over. Right. Um, he was a real, I mean, a real quarterback. Like he was a leader, right. you know, that kind of thing. Moxie. Moxie. Definitely big, had big the Big time moxie. moxie guy. Yeah. Yeah, so in 2009, uh, I think our defense was getting a little bit better obviously you had yeah. uh patrick peterson was in his prime uh you had chad jones back in the in the defensive backfield with you um you had drake yeah. nevis drake uh, nevis was starting to be a beast. he was a beast yeah i can't even remember who else you had on that line i know uh Cotrero was good that year yeah harry coleman was a senior harry coleman uh so you had some playmakers uh kelvin shepherd was this uh was a junior in 2009 um, yeah. So oh, yeah. he started coming into – and Perry Riley was a senior. Perry Riley, So yeah. you had some guys. You had some studs on defense. Yeah. Um, special teams was fantastic with Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Um, so – No, because Patrick Peterson didn't start returning anything until t- 2010. 2009 was still Holiday. Oh, you're right. Holiday okay. had the big game against uh, Arkansas – when uh, Charles Scott and Keelan Williams were both hurt. Okay. And Trenton Holiday like, ran wild on Arkansas. I think he returned a punt, and he had a long run or something. Okay. And that was kind of also the birth of uh, Stephen Ridley. That's right. Stephen Ridley. Um, toss th- Mr. Toss Dive yeah. is who I call Stephen Ridley. The king. Uh, that was his play. Like, he yeah. knew it. Uh-huh. I was going <laughs> to own it. So, I think that they – have the potential to win the national championship in 2009. Yeah. And I think if you go through it game by game, I definitely think so. I also feel like that's the point of time where our wide receivers started getting super discouraged. Um, and you started seeing a lot of uh, run first down, run second down, and then throw the ball in third down. And hopefully your, your wide receiver is going to make a great catch. And all that pressure was put on those guys to, okay, your one opportunity is coming in this game. You need to make the best of it. And yeah. they and they wouldn't sometimes wouldn't do it. Um, so you started seeing the wide receivers dropping a lot of balls all yeah. of a sudden. Um, that's where I think things would have changed if you had had an experienced quarterback um, on those years. So another another thing that we like to, to look at is all these hypotheticals. Say – Paralu comes in and you get to the SEC championship game in 08. Say you win another national championship in 09. Um, where is this program now? Does Les Miles buy himself even more time? Uh, is Les Miles still your coach today? Probably. Um, I mean, you Probably. have two national championships. I, I think because, uh, you know, that 08 year we talked about it um, – you know, Jarrett Lee just made all the interceptions he threw just made Les Miles mm-hmm. so like shriveled up and yeah, tight. absolutely. And you know, I think not ha- experiencing that would have let the offense be a little bit more open, or at least as open as it could be mm-hmm. uh, under Les Miles. Um, and a lot of people puts a lot of shit on Cam Cameron, and I, I I'm not here to like not shit on Cam Cameron, but. <laughs> Uh, I will I, say this about Cam I Cameron. Do, I will be doing my shitting. I will take less of a shit on Cam Cameron here <laughs> by saying um, Zach Mettenberger, when he came in, 2012, they had a little bit of hand. They were they were holding him back a little bit. He was handcuffed a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he still had some games where he threw the ball pretty well. Uh, I remember the Alabama game in 2012. Yeah, he, had, the Alabama he had a good game. game. Was when, that was his first like really big game. And it was like a game – like everybody thought about that game like, oh, look at this. Yeah. It really wasn't. If you go back and look at the stats, it was like it was okay. Like, no, but he, for he LSU, for, he threw for almost three hundred yards that game. Yeah, you, just, you look at the points though. We only scored seventeen. Right, but I'm also looking at like okay, two hundred and eighty yards for a quarterback in college isn't like exceptional. But for LSU, then but for LSU, it was like oh my god. Not only, just, not only just for LSU, but also I mean against Bama. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean Bama was I mean 
cream of the crop. But the next defensively. year, the next year in 2013, obviously you have Jarvis Landry and you have Odell Beckham. You, I mean, you're just completely loaded yeah. on offense. Your defense was very young. Um, and I think that was our only problem that year. You had Jeremy Hill. Um, yeah. So you had Zach Mettenberger completely opening up a little bit more. Um, they did a lot of play action that year. And every time they did, um, usually you had a guy wide open because right. you had fantastic wide receivers. Um, I and saw, we also I, had a great O-line that year too. Yeah, he did. But I, I saw the offense start to open up a little bit more. Yeah. And it tells me that if they had a guy that they trusted at quarterback to throw the ball the, that way, they would have probably done it. Yeah. Uh, and I think they had that trust in Mettenberger. They also understood that they needed to score points because their defense was going to give up points that year. Um, that was like one of the few years where we didn't have a fantastic defense. Unfortunately. But it tells me, it tells me in 2009 you have Cam Cameron, um, and if you had Ryan Perilou as a senior quarterback that you trusted, they were going to open it up. Yeah. Um, that that's what I would have loved to have seen those years, and you just missed this whole opportunity and this whole era of LSU football, where we could have had something like huge. You right. Know? I wonder, like, I wonder if 2011, like how that season goes. You know, if we would have had Paralu, like what the trickle down effect would have looked like. Well, because we probably would have had better recruits. Yeah. After winning a national championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that we didn't have good recruits already. I'm mean, right. So we were the better most than what we already had. Country. Right. Better yeah. than what we had. Right. We were the most talented team in the country. Defensively, in we were like the best or best defense in the country in 2011. Yeah, I mean, it was I mean Alabama was close. In our, in, I mean, it was the best LSU defense ever. Right. Uh, I mean, you're you're missing a quarterback and a game plan is yeah. what you're missing in 2011. Right. And I think you were missing uh, like really good offensive, like experienced players. Like, because I mean, you had Odell, but he was a freshman. Ruben Randall was obviously good, but I mean he wasn't insane or anything. Yeah, Ruben Ma- Ma- Randall always thought of as like as a, a very serviceable. Right, right. You know, he, he was good in college. Get the just, job done. Yeah, he wasn't guy. like. Yeah, he yeah. he doesn't bring anything extra to the table. Like he's gonna do his job and that's it. Yeah. The running backs you had: Michael Ford, Spencer Ware, Kenny Hilliard. Oh, you completely loaded uh, running back. Alfred Blue. Everybody forgets about Alfred Blue. He was like the fourth running back on that team. See, All right, so you got Jarvis Landry, but he was not the yeah, he, Jarvis Landry. He really was a, didn't play receiver. He was more like he a was special like, teams. Yeah, guy. He was special teams headhunter. Uh, you had Russell Russell Shepard. Uh, oh, rare Russell. Who he had he had some big catches against uh, Alabama actually. James Wright, but I mean, Cajun Boone, he had some big plays. But yeah, you're right on on offense. Wide receiver wasn't. You got to think that the receiver room looks a lot better in 2011. If if Paralu stays until two thousand nine, right? So what what kind of damage did we do to ourselves in two thousand nine and two thousand ten with that roster going into twenty eleven? I right. agree with you. Like I I think I think you have the possibility of winning a national championship in two thousand nine. I think that having Paralu in two thousand eight and two thousand nine boosts you to get to the point where you could overtake Alabama in the national championship game in twenty eleven. Right. Yeah, I so I agree with you. I think I think that the trickle down effect is huge with with Ryan Paralu and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. But I um I I'm a big I'm a big believer and I talked about this earlier is like your progression like in uh even in life. Like I don't have any regrets about what happened, you know, in my life because I'm happy where I am now. It's similar where if Ryan Paralu was the quarterback, Les Miles may actually still be here and we don't have the season that we just had in 2019. Yeah, well he's yeah. No. We never get to that point. Yeah. where we needed to cut ties. Right. Um that's where I would be like, okay, yeah, we would have had we would have had probably a couple of national championships um in the early 2010 or whatever area, like yeah. 2009 and then 2011, but you would have never had where we're at in 2019 either. No. No, I mean less miles would have never came this far. Right. I mean, maybe he would have started open up, opening up the offense more uh, just because he wouldn't have been so tense from that 2008 season. But I don't think he has the capability of getting 
to this like Joe Brady offense level. I don't think so either. And I don't think he would ever yeah, I think he was too stubborn at that point to change. Right. Um but yeah, man, I I love looking at like the what ifs. Um and I think and I we've had a lot of comments on Twitter about this because we posted that on Twitter about um what if Paralu's there? Right. You know, do we win more national championships? And I, I think, I think there, everybody else, there was a couple of guys who were like, yeah, we win in this year, this year, this year, this year. I saw that. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a little much. Maybe, yeah. That's a little much. I think we're contenders all of those years. I do too. Uh, I mean, it, it's what everybody's talked about with LSU football for 10 years. Like, if LSU had a quarterback, right. uh, I think of it more of as if LSU had a quarterback and we actually had game plans. Um, and I think that, you know, 2011 is like the perfect model of that. Like yeah. we had the best team in the country and we blew it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the two things that probably ruined Les Miles the most are his worst year in 2008 with all the picks mm-hmm. and his best year in 2011 where he just, I mean, put your head down, run at a brick wall and, you know, score 45 points a game somehow anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think those two things are the, the biggest reason for the downfall of Les Miles. Right. And then, you know, you go in 2015, you're 8-0 going into Tuscaloosa, and you try to do that, and you get pounded. Yep. And then that derails your season, and you lose two more games, and then you get carried off the field against Texas a <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Goodbye, <laughs> Les Miles. Oh, psych. Psych you out. We got five um, more games. So that was a great look back. I wanted to take a look at those. Um you know, I think I think it's important to look back at that game, uh, especially about uh, the press conference. Um, you know, what would have happened if Les Miles took the job at Michigan? Um, I don't even remember who we were thinking about as like being potential coaches. Jimbo oh, Fisher had just left. That just blew my mind thinking about that. I know. So like, what happens if he goes to Michigan and we we try Saban? to get another coach? But again, like we're Nick never. Saban? I, I just I don't think Saban. Well. No, he he had just finished his uh, first year at Alabama. Right. Uh, so I could, I mean, could have. <laughs> I, uh, you know, Saban yeah. regrets leaving the LSU that first. I guarantee time. that's the first call we make. It has to be right. Yep. I mean, he completely he he says it himself. Yeah. Like all the he time. did not want to leave LSU. Right. Well, uh, actually, he well he wanted to, but he he wanted to, but he knew he made in a hindsight. mistake. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if LSU could go back. All right, so here's another hypothetical. Uh, let's not do that. <laughs> I know where uh, you're going. Yeah. <laughs> Saban leaves and goes to Alabama, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Les Miles goes to Michigan. We hire Saban back. How many national championships do we have? How many does Alabama have right now? I don't remember. That many? I can't even count how many they have anymore. I think it's five. Five? So. Okay, so we have five national championships? At least. Would you take where we're at now, or would you take that? That. <laughs> I would take <laughs> that. I would take that. I don't care. It's five Can you national- imagine? All right. <laughs> it's Can you imagine what championships. I, all right. I'll take that yeah, all day. Yeah, and I hate Nick Saban. I hate his guts. And it's probably more than five, too, because Alabama doesn't grow into this big powerhouse. That's true. I mean, Alabama was just in the mud. Right. Uh, I mean, he had Rich Rodriguez was turning the job down before, <laughs> before Saban got there. Um, man, that is something to think about. We're it's gonna post that like, on Twitter. It's probably like seven or eight national championships if if that happens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, how about how about if if Saban comes and Paralu stays? Actually, Saban no, because if Saban would have came. There's no chance he kicks Paralu off the game. It's like a half game suspension. Oh, you would have never heard about what happened. <laughs> Saban would have been, you know, he would have been at the sheriff's office <laughs> throwing out hundreds. Yeah. Wow, that is interesting. All right, so let's switch gears, guys. Uh, we're going to give you some uh, some news and notes on LSU, like we always do. We're your unfiltered source for LSU sports. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. And you know why it's unfiltered? Because our news and notes comes from the most reliable source in Baton Rouge, and that is Tiger, Tiger Droppings. Droppings. I didn't know Tiger you were waiting droppings. on me to say it. <laughs> this is our segment called Tiger Droppings Posts of the Week, where we go through Tiger Droppings and we go see what's going on. Uh, I've been working today, and you know I just need to go see if there's anything new going on. And so where am I going to go? TigerDroppings.com. Uh, we are the... 
official unofficial podcast of Tiger Droppings. They will not give us the rights to say official podcast of Tiger Droppings. Um, so let's go on the forum page and see what's going on. Uh, I'm going to start in Tiger rant, but what do you got? You got something? Um, so ESPN today, uh, or maybe it wasn't today. I don't know when it was, but ESPN said that uh, the Big Ten is the best conference in college football. Uh, ESPN? ESPN said this. Was this because of their rating system, though? Like FPI stuff? Um, it was based on, so they put together like an all Big Ten team and an all SEC team uh, based on like current NFL players. And they deduced that the Big Ten's team was better. And that was the basis for their argument. And that was it. Like, so therefore the Big Ten is a better conference. Okay. Let's forget about, though, that the SEC has 11 championships this century. Yeah. Two, the Big Ten's two. Dude, I watch so much Big Ten football. You know, you, you start, especially when you start betting on games and, right. like, early morning, like, Big it's Ten football. Yeah. Like, Michigan State against Purdue and stuff. And it's like, come on, bro. Like, come on. Right. Yeah, I understand, like, you look at bowl games and you try to, like, compare as best you can off of that. But I'm, I can see with my eyeballs right. um, speed versus, like, people, you know, big, slow, big 10 players. Um, it's just it's, – that's a joke. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Fine, we won't. All right, I got one. So couldn't Tigerland become parking by Luscious Lou? Um, seriously, that place has become a shithole. No shit, Lou. Um, so let's talk about it. We, they had uh, a big outbreak at Tigerland, COVID outbreak. Uh, then the news comes out that um, I think it was Ross Dellinger, right? SI. He posted that uh, LSU had a, a 30 cases with players and staff. Right. Uh, 30, 30 quarantine. Athlete. 30 athletes. Quarantine, though. Oh, uh, thir- 30 quarantine? Maybe it was just four. So, what they ended up figuring out on this, though, was that it was really 13. It was athletes slash staff were infected, but the other people were around people mm-hmm. that were infected, and so they had to then be quarantined as well. So the actual number of 30 sounds a little bit bigger than what really is going on. Um, so Yeah, I think that was a, a lot of people. It's clickbait. Had to, that was clickbait. Yeah, Ross Dellinger got everybody. He, he scored a big one there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like, okay, LSU's got 30 all of a sudden, um, and it's a big outbreak. Right. But it's, it's really less than that. But it, what it also showed you, looking back at this, and LSU's kind of come out and been pretty forthcoming with this, is that there is a – they actually have procedures in place on this. Um, and when somebody gets infected, there's a bubble that they put them in, and they're quarantined, and this is the process that's going to happen. Um, and I'm sure they're not the only ones. I'm sure there's other schools doing this. LSU just had an article about them, and that's why this is kind of coming to light. It makes me feel actually pretty good. I agree. That there is a process like this, and um, they're just already preparing themselves for the inevitable, which is that you're going to have somebody that gets quarantined and they have to, like, be on the shelf for a little bit. See, I actually see this as a positive because you knew that there were going to be people with the virus. I I did, too. You were living in la-la land if you thought that there was any chance that wasn't going to happen. Well, and I, I, I look at it as like, a, all right, local economy. You know, I'm in, I'm in TV advertising. I need uh, businesses to go back to work for me to be successful. Sure. Um, and I, I'm not the only one. There's plenty of people that have businesses. There's plenty of people that work at businesses and they need to actually, we, eventually we just need to go back to work. So we are going to have to figure out how to do that in this new era. Baton Rouge is not going to survive without LSU football. It's just not. Right. I mean, that's what keeps everything going. LSU. uh, You're going to have to figure out how to go to school. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, you can do stuff online and all that kind of stuff. But this is, and I I completely hate it. I hate the term. It's the new normal. The new normal. I hate it, too. Can we switch to temporary normal? 
temporary normal? No, like, I think this is the way it is. I think there's, I, I, I think there's going to be something else in the future, and you're just gonna have to get used to this kind of lifestyle. Our friend Tim is in Hong Kong yeah. uh, on another podcast. They're used to this lifestyle. They've gone through SARS. They now have gone through COVID. Uh, they know the process that they have to live by. Um, masks are not, I mean, that is actually commonplace in Hong Kong. So, so you think that this... And they still have sporting events. They still have big events. With fans. Yes. So, like, that's what I don't understand. But they also like, are... They the keep whole new normal thing where the people are saying, like, we may never have fans at no. games again. I, what I'm saying like, new normal is, is that you have fans in the stands and you just get used to, okay, you may... Somebody's going to probably test positive. Right. It doesn't mean you're sick. Um, but it also means that you you do need to quarantine yourself yeah. for a 14-day period. Here's the here's what's gonna happen. It's almost like an injury report. You're gonna have you're gonna have players that go on the shelf with they have to be quarantined during the season, and you never know who's gonna be. Um, that was a all right. That was a hypothetical that I posed to a Facebook group this week. Was what happens when you get to the the Alabama week and then Miles Brennan is quarantined? Max Johnson comes on in. So yeah. Let's well, let's it. get right to that. I uh, I got a tip. Uh, well, shout out Stephen Miller. Okay, we're going to talk about it. Again. Well, yeah, we'll just throw it out there. This it. is unfiltered. We're unfiltered yeah. LSU source. Absolutely. Um, Stephen Miller uh, shot me a DM the other day. Um, he had some talks with uh, a local radio personality in town. And uh, you want to just say that? Is yeah, that, that good? That, that, that works. I, like, I enjoy that. Amenity? Amenity? Anonymity. Yeah. Um, so he had some talks with a local uh, radio source um, and basically asked the question of, and I, I haven't thought about this at all, to be honest, but asked the question of Miles Brennan being the quarterback for the entire year. Do you feel like he could? he's going to be good for the entire year? Like, I guess uh, health wise and all that kind of right. stuff, and like, you know, is he going to he going to last? Um, and I don't know if that's because of his frail stature, right. the and Slim Reaper. He's two hundred twenty pounds. According yeah, to yeah he's two twenty, so. man. Even like, though the roster shows him at two hundred seven. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this radio uh, host told Stephen Miller that all I know, and this is quote unquote, all I know is. They really love Max Johnson. End quote. So I, I talked about this to a to a friend yesterday, and uh, he was quarterback at Catholic. And my friend Zach, and uh, I like to talk to him about this kind of stuff whenever I hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we both kind of agreed, like it's probably just smoke that LSU wants to fire up, like just to kind of. You know, put that out there. Like Max, we really like Max Johnson. Like we really like him. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of so Miles Brennan may hear that, and then well, and, and he's like, "All right, all right, and maybe my job's at stake. I need to." And I, I am uh, stay at it. So, you know? the source that Stephen Miller is getting this from, I know he's got direct, yeah, intel. Yeah, so yeah. Th- this isn't like it's uh, fake or anything, right? Yeah, I know, I know they really said this, and I know it's really happening. And they probably really do like Max Johnson. Is he going to overtake Miles Brennan? I don't. No. I haven't thought one second of that. No. Um, I, I say no. And I haven't seen a whole lot of Miles Ma- Brennan or anything. Um, and obviously, haven't seen any of Max Johnson. But I've seen Bo Nix at yeah. Auburn. Um, is Max Johnson better than Bo Nix? Maybe. Maybe it could be. I don't know. Is Miles Brennan? Right now, better than Bo Nix last year? Yes. I agree. That's kind of where I'm coming from. But I think the thing is, though, is that Miles Brennan, I feel like we know a lot more about Miles Brennan than we do about Max Johnson. I agree. So Max Johnson's is kind of unknown. Also, deal. the offense. I mean, right. Miles Brennan knows the offense. Right. Um, I Max Johnson has been here since bowl season, though. Okay, so he came in early. Yeah, so, like, same with did uh, same with TJ Finley. Finley. Right, right. And that's another guy. I mean, every, no, nobody talks about TJ Finley at all. And I get it. The developmental levels just are so just raw. different. Probably he's just so raw. I yeah. think. 
Uh, and I've mean, seen clips I, of Max Johnson. He's super right. developed as a you know freshman. He, right. I mean, he's a four-star guy. I right. mean, um, not to say that he's not going to be good, right. but I did think of him as being the next guy after Brennan. Um, yeah. I mean, I, th- I still think a lot of Miles Brennan, and I think that I think it's going to be a tough season if you had to bring in Max Johnson. The only thing I could see with like maybe bringing in Max Johnson is like maybe, maybe Brennan throws some picks against Texas. Mm-hmm. And then maybe because he throws those picks, we lose that game, but he keeps his job after that because you know, it's only one game. It's early in the season. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Florida and then maybe throw some picks there. Okay. Too. So now we're talking about decision-making and problems, like, I'm right? Just, I'm just, Hypotheticaling it out. Well, I know, but that that goes back to all right. Because so, the only thing we don't know about Miles Brennan is his decision making ability. Right. I think. Well, and we know what we saw out of Burrow, and that was extreme exactly. decision making. Exactly, ability. and that's what makes the offense go around. Right. So if you are looking at Max Johnson, that's probably because you don't trust Miles Brennan and his decisions. Exactly. Um, but I'm also afraid if you bring in a Max Johnson you're not going to be as wide open as you were. Right. It comes down to the trust factor that we talked about with, you know, with Jarrett Lee, his freshman year. I'm still on the Miles Brennan is 4,000 yard passer. Yeah. Probably 35 to 40 touchdowns. This doesn't say anything to me about Miles Brennan. It just says that the coaching staff likes Max Johnson. It's Matt. I still think Miles Brennan is just as good as I thought he was before. Right. And now I also think Max Johnson is a little bit better. Than I, I do know was. one thing, and I just made a Slim Reaper T-shirt. So go to uh, one team one podcast dot com. Uh, go to our shop page. You're gonna find some T-shirts on there. I made a Slim Reaper number. So we're 15. going with Slim Reaper, not bon- Blonde Bomber. Correct. I, I haven't even heard Blonde Bomber. That's Jordy Holberg, anyway. Oh, uh, I didn't know he was Blonde Slim. Bomber. Has, hashtag Slim Reaper. That's that's who we're going with. Okay. Uh, I've also seen M- MB2020, and it's a playoff of Mad Dog 2020. MD2020. Uh, okay. That's funny. MB2020. Uh, but we're going with Slim Reaper, so go to the, go to our website, go to the shop page, Slim Reaper t-shirts. I am now, just just as uh, insurance purposes, I am now going to make a Mad Max 14 t-shirt. Okay. Just in case. And that you didn't want to make any, maybe, uh, like, Max Johnson... I don't know. Like he has a big Johnson? Yeah, yeah. That, no. No? Mad Max. We're going to stick with that one for okay. right now until we get a better one. Um, so look for that one soon. <laughs> I'll make that one. Again, for insurance purposes only. All right, guys. We are going to cut it short tonight. Um, it's not very short. Huh? It was, it was pretty long. It was average. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Size That's what doesn't she matter. Said. Um, Size doesn't matter. All right, so again, a big shout-out to our sponsor, Courtesy Automotive Group in Lafayette, 4750 Johnston Street, uh, Courtesy Buick GMC. Shout-out to Brandon Lejeune. Uh, go check him out on his Facebook page again, guys. Post deals all the time. Um, also ask him about uh, his specials on GMC Sierras right now. He is uh, pushing those things out big time. So, again, he'll deliver anywhere. Uh, so if you're in Baton Rouge and you're like, oh, this isn't Lafayette. No, he'll deliver cars to you. So you can actually. That's so crazy to me. So like he's basically, he's in Baton Rouge. He's like anywhere. Don't, don't don't worry about where he is. I love the fact that. He's you in can, Louisiana. You can do business anywhere now. Yeah. Um, and big time, big time LSU basketball fan. So talk to him about Will Wade. He would love that. Um, but yeah, if you're in Baton Rouge, uh, you are you got your eye on a new truck. Give Brandon a call. He can find a model for you exactly. Uh, Y'all can do all the business online or actually over the phone now, and they'll actually hook you up and deliver a car to you. Um, So, again, Courtesy Automotive Group, big, big, big uh, shout-out to those guys that have been big supporters of our podcast. Also, guys, go check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our Twitter is OneTeamOnePod. Um, let us know if there's any other, uh, games you would like us to review or any other topics you would like us to review. We would love to hear your feedback. You can also go to one team, one podcast.com. You can check out all of our episodes there, but you can also go to our shop page again, go check out all of our t-shirts that we have up there. Um, also big shout out to bandit radio, man. So Nick Diaz over at out of my league podcast, you got Out the Box Podcast. Those guys are doing big things. They just had uh, 
uh, Zach Von Rosenberg yeah, on. Zach Von Rosenberg, yeah. Yeah, that was a good episode. They had Saul Garza last week. That's right. So those guys are getting some good talent in there. We're going to do a big team up eventually with those guys. Also, go check out Sports and Wrestling Experience with uh, Cody Davis. Um, we also just did some of our rankings recently. So we talked about that on the yeah. last podcast. You need to post them. Huh? We've had them ready. We just need to post them. We just need to post them. <laughs> Um, so bandit radio, big shout out to those guys. Check us out at bandit radio three on Twitter. Um, and with that said, guys, this is one team, one podcast logging out. Have a great day. One Team, One Podcast, a Bandit Radio Production.